Welcome to the Equipus Church Surrey podcast. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Hey, well, good evening. How are you all doing? All good? That was a bit of fun with, with Yannick the Elf and the Candy Canes, wasn't it? Good fun. We'd love to have fun at the 5pm. So this is the last five for the year, but expect plenty more fun when we're back in January. Um, well, I'm excited to preach tonight. I almost didn't make it. Uh, I won't lie. If you might have noticed a little bit of traffic in Weybridge, um, I'm not going to say that Nicola and I were responsible for the traffic um, because the person who drove into our car uh, is the responsible person. But we're all good. We're here. We're all fine. And the car's fine too. So don't worry, guys. We're going to go. If you notice me glazing over or just fall over at some point, that's the adrenaline has run out. And... Uh, well, whoever wants to take over at that point can just do it. It's all good. Hey, we're going to do a Christmas message tonight as it's Gift Giving Sunday, as it's Christmas time. So we're going to get a bit Christmassy tonight. And I want to ask you this question. Uh, what kind of Christmas traditions did you have, um, kind of, or do you have over the holidays? So... Um, Maybe for you, you've got things you know that you do every single Christmas that you're like, yeah, this is what we do uh, at Christmas time. Uh, and so for me, when I was growing up, we had a very uh, kind of a very methodical, very traditional, very relaxed day. So we'd wake up and uh, all the presents would be there under the tree. Uh, we wouldn't open them just yet. We just the presents would just be there under the tree. And uh, my dad, he'd put a suit on. That was the one day of the year that my dad wore a suit. Believe it or not, yeah, suit and the hat from the cracker. So he would put that. He would wear his. He would wear his suit and that would be his outfit for the day. And uh, so we'd, we'd head off to church and we'd see all our friends and say, hey, happy Christmas. And then we'd all come home and the presents would still just be there waiting under the tree, see what, see what Santa's bought. We haven't op- we don't open them yet. And then lunchtime comes at around sort of two, three in the afternoon sort of thing. Okay, a little bit later maybe for, compared to other people. Uh, and that was delicious. We'd eat the lunch. Presents are still just waiting for us under the tree and um, what would come next ah yes so then we'd do that and then as we started to get a little bit older this new tradition of the Christmas day sleep happened where just everyone would fall asleep and I'd sit there staring at them like What's, why have you all fallen asleep everyone anyway the Christmas day sleep happened they'd wake up from the sleep and the presents would still be there waiting for us and they'd go well the dog needs a walk doesn't it so we'd better uh, go for the Christmas day walk so then we'd go for the Christmas day walk and uh, finally we'd get home and it's about 8, 9pm and it's like this is true this is Christmas tradition and I love it 8, 9pm and it's like right presents time let's crack open the presents and then from then from then until like the next five days was like a sort of food filled wrapping paper walks in the countryside haze basically that was my family's Christmas traditions Um, and then I got married Um, got married and started spending Christmas with Nicola's family who are different to my family. And uh, basically what was going on was you'd wake up immediately and boom, get downstairs and get them presents open as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, We've got a niece and we've got a nephew now, his first Christmas this year. All the presents open everywhere. Open present, review it, put it down. Onto the next one, open it, look at it, put it down. Open the next one, bam, 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 bam. Carnage, complete carnage. Um, 
then me and Nicola are responsible for cooking the Christmas dinner. So boom, presents destroyed into the kitchen. We're now in the kitchen for the next two hours cooking up a delicious feast, which is delicious, isn't it, Nico? Yeah, it's really lovely. But we are quite different to the way my family went. And basically, Christmas Day is completed by 2.30, um, which, if you ask me, it hasn't even started. Um, And of course, as I mentioned, then there's that five-day haze that my family used to have. Boom, not in Nicola's family. Wake up at 4am the next day, get yourself to the retail park, get yourself to Next, and join the queue for the Boxing Day sales. Which was excellent. I've got the best jacket I ever had from that Boxing Day sale. Of course, I have grown to absolutely love this way of doing Christmas. And I'm sure that many of you have got uh, your way of how you do Christmas. And most of us are going to fall into that sort of Christmas routine for the next uh, three or so weeks. But what I want to look at tonight are three things that I actually think we can add to our Christmas routine. Three things tonight that we can add to our Christmas season. Because after all, I'm sure every one of us, we want to have Jesus right at the centre. Right at the centre of what we're doing this Christmas. And sometimes when you end up in tradition or rhythm or routine, sometimes you can lose sight of of kind of what we're trying to do with Christmas. But as we're putting Jesus at the centre, and so I want to give us three things tonight that we can do, that we can use to help make sure that happens, that Jesus is right at the centre of our Christmas. So we're going to look at three characters tonight who do something. And so the title of my message tonight is this. It's a few shepherds, one mum, and a whole host of angels. Um, Yeah, catchy. A few shepherds, one mum, and a whole host of angels. Uh, We're going to dive into um, the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. We're going to go from verse 8. And it says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told." Just a side note, what I love actually about this scripture is the way in which it is full of different characters, full of so many different individuals. You've got obviously Mary, Joseph, Jesus, but you've also got the shepherds, you've also got the angels. And I love the fact that straight away in the story of Jesus, there's like a human element involved. Straight away when Jesus is here on this earth, he's not just doing all his stuff, just Jesus, Jesus, but actually he's involving humanity in what is happening and what's going on. What I want to look at is these three um, individuals or or groups of people that uh, have a sort of response in some way to Jesus's birth. And so we're going to look at the response of Mary, the mum. We're going to look at the response of the shepherds. And we're going to look at the response of the angels. Because each one of them have a different response that I think we can add to our lives. Okay, so we're going to look at how Mary reflects. We're going to look at how the shepherds proclaim. And we're going to look at how the angels worship. Is that good? Okay, so... First thing then, Mary, we're going to take a look at her first. Mary reflects. It says in verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and pondered them. 
And Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and pondered them. And I think that's so interesting that in the craziness and the chaos of that moment, when you've just given birth to a baby in a stable, when shepherds have just turned up and told you that angels have just proclaimed the birth of your son, that you can actually take a moment to stop and to ponder and to think. And it must have been a pretty important thinking moment because Luke chooses to write it down in the gospel. And, you know, I think that's a really interesting moment because if you think about it, she's travelled to Bethlehem. They can't find a place to stay. They've just given birth to the Son of God. And yet Mary takes a moment to go, hmm, what an, what an interesting moment this has been. A time to reflect. You know, I think if I was Mary and some shepherds had just turned up and said, this, this kid is going to be the son of God, which is, you know, reflecting what the angel had said as well. I'd be tempted probably to say to Joseph and say, Joseph, I think this baby is a big deal. We should start an Instagram for him straight away. (laughs) And probably also like a carpentry YouTube. Uh, Get some affiliated links with Black & Decker and Homebase. And then one of those side YouTube ones, which is like a travel vlog, because he's going to be travelling the place as well. Five best places to eat in Galilee. <laughs> things the tour guides don't tell you about Jerusalem. That kind, those kind of things. <laughs> best inns in Bethlehem. Um, but instead, what Mary does is she reflects. She takes a moment to reflect. She looks back at all these momentous moments. I wrote down these different things. The moment an angel tells her she's going to be pregnant with a child whose kingdom will reign forever that that child will be the son of God. The moment when she meets Elizabeth uh, and something incredible happens with a Holy Spirit response to the baby inside of her. How that Joseph didn't abandon her despite what others might think. How they made it to Bethlehem and how they're now here having given birth to a little baby boy. An awful lot to think about, an awful lot to treasure. And I wonder if what Mary was thinking was this. Wow, look at what God has done in my life. Look at what God has done in this moment. And as we come to the end of this year, as the end of 22, as we come to this Christmas holiday season, I wonder if actually that's a great thing that we can ask ourselves in our life. Looking back at 2022, oh wow, look at what God has done in my life this year. You know, for me this year, uh, me and Nicola, we bought a house. Um, I started Equippers College. Some of my closest friends got married. Another of my closest friends, they had their first baby. Uh, As I said, we became an uncle again. Uh, I discovered Be Real this year. Yeah, I found out that if you grate cheese too much, you will grate the fingers off. That hurt. Um, I learned how to repressurize a boiler and how to build shelves. And best of all, the greatest blessing of 2022, Arsenal Football Club are still top of the league. Long may it continue. These blessings, these amazing things that have been added to my life this year, they've been part of my life this year. I can look back and I have a chance to say, thank you, God. And I think what's really important, and this is something that I've done, and this is something that you can do as well. Take that moment to say, thank you, God. But especially as well, and really importantly, and I'll show you why this is important, to acknowledge that God, this was all because of you. God, this wasn't done in my ability or in my strength, but God, in your goodness, in your love, in your kindness, you've blessed me in this way this year. You've done this remarkable thing in my life this year. Now, I'll tell you why that's a really important thing to do. One, If you think that the year has been amazing and blessed because of what you've done, then you're just going to get in trouble anyway. Um, But, you know, it's actually really important to acknowledge God. And one of the Psalms of Ascent that we looked at earlier in the year, Psalm 131, talks about this really well. And it says this, God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. 
I don't want to be the king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. I've kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart. Like a baby content in its mother's arms, my soul is a baby content. In other words, God, as I reflect on the good that you've done this year, I remember that it was all you. And and, and it's because of how amazing you are, uh, not because of how amazing I am. God, I know that you've provided. I know that you've protected. I know that you've blessed this year. And then listen to that second bit. I've kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart, like a baby content in its mother's arms. My soul is a baby content. Because I've rooted my feet on the truth that God has blessed me this year. And now I've got peace. Now I've got contentment. Now I know that actually the Prince of Peace, Jesus, who's been born, he was celebrating his birth at this moment in time. Right now I know I can rest in him. And actually for some of you maybe in this chaotic, crazy Christmas time to reflect and to find that moment of peace, peace of God is a really, really, really important and prudent thing to do this year. So that's what I want to encourage you to do. First thing is to reflect, just as Mary did. Uh, Let's take a look back at 2022 and see what God has done for you this year. Is that good? Awesome stuff. Guys on the lights, if it was possible to see the church a little bit more, that would be be amazing. Thank you. Oh, there you are. A little bit more. Thank you. Hey, uh, the next thing... um, So Mary, uh, she ponders, she looks back, she reflects. Uh, The shepherds, they proclaim. So they they basically go and tell everyone everything. Uh, Luke 2, 17 to 18 says this, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone, and I like how Luke writes that, they told everyone, like I think every person they came in contact with for the next however many hours, they just told them um, about what happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And you think about it, when you've got good news, you just want to share it, Right? When you've got good news, you want to share it. I love it in our connect group when someone shares that they've had a breakthrough in some sort of area. I love seeing on Facebook or Instagram when someone says they've got engaged or when they're expecting a baby, when they've had a baby. I'm quite um, stingy with my likes and, uh, on Instagram, but those ones always get a good, a good like from me. Because it's exciting, right? Those moments where you get to share with someone about something incredible that's happened with your life. It's just like an uncontainable, yeah, I do want to share this with people. And when it comes to Jesus, we have the best news to share, right? Now, I know we've just done a series on on Let's Go, all about proclaiming the gospel. And I know we're fired up as a church to be wanting to do that now. But I just want to point out one thing about this whole idea of proclaiming that um, is important about the shepherds. And I think then is important about our role in proclaiming Jesus as well. And really it's this, is that the idea that to talk about Jesus, to proclaim Jesus is not a job that is limited to the pastors or to, you know, the anointed preachers of the world. But actually this is a job for every single one of us. If you think about it, when, in, the, in the story of Jesus' birth, God really could have used someone high profile to get the word of Jesus out there. He could have used someone popular or educated, someone who was actually good at speaking. If he wanted to, he could have set up the Jesus Carpentry YouTube and Instagram account himself. But he didn't. I mean, the least he could have done is let the innkeeper know that Mary and Joseph are on the way as well, I think. That would have been just common courtesy. But uh, instead... Instead, what uh, God does is he uses shepherds to proclaim the word of Jesus. Outsiders, not directly involved in the birth, not part of the religious elite, not necessarily the highest in society, but just some shepherds who become 
like, almost like the first evangelists, the first people to actually proclaim the news of Jesus. Within hours of him being born, there is someone saying, guys, there's someone you've got to know about. There's someone amazing that you've got to know about. And like I said, I love that they go out and they proclaim to everyone, to everyone what it is they've seen and what it is they've heard. And so I hope that you know that when you've heard from Let's Go, when you hear from this point as well, that this idea of to proclaim Jesus, to proclaim Jesus, especially at this Christmas season, is not just for whoever's on the platform. It's not just for whoever's going to be at the Christmas show, at the celebrations, but it is for every single one of us to proclaim the name and the goodness of Jesus. And let me point this out as well. People need to experience the real Jesus this year. The real Jesus, not the baby Jesus, not a mythical Jesus. I've got a work secret Santa next week and I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up with an inflatable Jesus or a grow your own Jesus. And that is not the real Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, but actually there is a living Jesus who is alive and is powerful and who has saved us and who right now wants to be in relationship with so, so many people. That's the Jesus that actually as a group here tonight, as Equippers Church, the 5pm, we've got a calling to go and proclaim. People will know that Christmas is a Christian celebration about the birth of Jesus. And our job is to proclaim that birth of Jesus into Christmas. Like I said, to put Jesus at the centre of this season. And we can do that by proclaiming his name, by proclaiming his victory, by proclaiming his birth and saying exactly what it means. So whether that's an invite to the Christmas celebrations, whether it's a post on your social medias, whether it's an extension of Jesus' love towards someone, come on, add it to your Christmas routine this year. I'm going to proclaim Jesus' name, the birth of Jesus, and the meaning of Christmas to the people around me and to my world. Is that good? Awesome stuff. So um, Mary reflects, the shepherds proclaim, and then the angels worship. The angels worship. Luke 2, 13 to 14 says this. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. Really, you know, this is one of those big responses you've got to have to Jesus. And it's an amazing way to put him at the centre of this season, is to literally say, Glory to God. At this Christmas season, glory to God. Uh, I was reading a commentary on this, on this passage and he, the guy puts it in quite a polite way. He says, the angels demonstrate the appropriate response to God's gracious intervention to bring a saviour. It's like, yeah, that was an appropriate response, 100%. Like, God has just delivered the saviour of the earth. Of course, glory to God. Of course, hallelujah. Come on. It is definitely the appropriate response. <laughs> and, and over Christmas, through our prayer, through our gathering together as church family and as families, and through kind of like even our sung worship as well, there are going to be moments where we can say glory to God, where we can worship him. I love, you know, the, the, the way in God has made our world so creative, especially in like, you know, the, the world of music. And I love that Christmas is a time that we actually associate with songs and with singing as well. And I, there's a the whole spectrum as well. You've got the littlest kids like belting out Little Donkey. They are some of my favourite videos on the internet. His little chest pumped out. <laughs> little Donkey! Little Donkey! And then there's always like the angel. He's like, oh, what are you doing? I was always the narrator at my Christmas plays, so it wasn't... Wasn't afforded a singing part, unfortunately. Um, you've got the big guns, of course. Hark the herald angels sing. Oh, come all ye faithful, which I absolutely love. I noticed, in fact, just a bit of feedback for the worship team. Um, at the church that I grew up with, the verse that starts, Yea, Lord, we greet thee, 
some of you may know, should only be sung on Christmas Day. Okay, that was what my church was told, it was drilled into me. So I'm going to assume that because we've sung that verse tonight, today is Christmas Day, so let's crack open the presents, get the turkey, here we go. Yeah, play those keys. <laughs> um, there was a season as well when we all went a cappella. Do you remember that? Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? And then there'd be another one up here a bit higher. Mary, did you know? And then there'd be, there'd be a guy over here, the beatboxer. Mary, did you know? And then there'd just be one person, Mary, did you know? And this one would be going, bum, 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 the job, babe, bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Hopefully we're past that season. Um, but there's a song which I love. All those songs are valid and great, by the way. There's a song which I love, Oh Holy Night, which I think is a great one when it comes to, to worship and to glorifying God, because on that night, the Holy God was born in human form for the sake of humanity. On that holy, holy night. And that is massive. This idea of holy, I wish I had more time to go into this because I've just been thinking about it all the time recently, just this idea of a holy God, of what that means, of how incredible it is. To be holy is to be set apart from sin. It's to be untouched by the work of the enemy. It's to be worthy of honour and praise, to not be tarnished by evil. And we know that God is holy because in Isaiah, the angels are surrounding him and declaring over him, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. In the Psalms and in Isaiah, God is referred to as the holy God of Israel. In the Old Testament, in the places where, Jesus, where God's presence was, in the uh, Ark of the Covenant, um, the most holy place is where they refer to like the place where Jesus' or God's presence actually was. The most holy place. When God turns up, it's a holy, holy moment. And I'm sure if you've been a Christian a long time, you know the dilemma that we have, that this holy, uh, perfect, incredible God wants to be in a relationship with you and I, who unfortunately, because of the way the world is, have messed up and have sinned and have put that blocker between us and a holy, holy God. And that's why worshipping at this Christmas time is so important, so exciting, why it is the appropriate response because the birth of Jesus starts the timer for the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, which brings for us the bridging of the gap between us and a holy, holy, holy God. And that is the reason why worship, worship is a response that we should have. Because an almighty, incredible, holy God who is so set apart from sin or anything else like that looks at humanity and says, I want to be in relationship with them says, I want to do life with them. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to have to send my son. I'm going to have to send Jesus into this environment. So Jesus, like it says in Philippians, humbles himself, makes himself nothing, becomes a human form for the sake of you and for the sake of me. And I just think that is amazing. And I think that is why that response of ours should be a response of worship, of proclamation, of glory to God that goes further than tradition, that goes further than religion, but just says, God, all glory to you. All glory to you, God. We're going to just worship in just a moment. And I want to make that our response tonight. But I want you to consider that maybe that's another part of what you need to add to your Christmas routine this year, is a moment of worship moments of praise this year to say actually God as I look at 
how good you are and who you are. As I look at this Christmas story, God, I worship you tonight. God, I worship you. If you think about it, worship is the thing that really encompasses all of this. Uh, As Mary reflects what she's doing, she's worshipping. As the shepherds ponder, as they, oh sorry, as the shepherds uh, proclaim, what are they doing? They're worshipping. And so come on, as we this year look back and say, thank you, Jesus, for an amazing year, we're worshipping God who deserves all our praise. As we declare the name of Jesus and say that Jesus is the reason for the season, what are we doing? We're worshipping Him. We're lifting up His name. And so tonight, we've looked at those three responses to Jesus and to His birth, one from the shepherds, one from His mum, and one from a whole load of angels. And the question I want to ask you tonight is this, how will you respond? How will you make Jesus the centre of your Christmas this year? Now, if I were you, this is what I'm planning on doing. I'm going to make them all three of something that I'm going to do in my Christmas season this year. I'm going to take the time to reflect, to look back and to say, Jesus, thank you for everything you've done this year. I'm going to, I'm going to take the time to, to be inviting people to the Christmas celebrations, to be proclaiming the name of Jesus uh, as I see my work colleagues or as I'm hanging out with my friends. And most of all, those are acts of worship that are just going to be added to the, to the worship that I'm going to give Jesus over this season. To the worship as I lift my voice, as I lift my hands, as I say, God, all glory to you this season. All glory to you this year, Jesus. You are so worthy, so worthy of praise. I want to encourage you, you know, holidays can be a moment to switch off. They can be a moment to take a break. But I think let's come on, let's make a decision this year that actually we're not going to take a break from Jesus. That actually we're going to remember that He is the reason why we celebrate at this time. We want to put Jesus right at the centre of what we're doing. Amongst all the tradition, amongst all the fun, it comes down to the birth of our Saviour at this time. And so as I said, come on, ultimately, let's not make this about religion. As we sing in a moment, can I encourage you, this is not a religious activity. This is not just a moment because we sing after a preach. But actually, again, we're taking the opportunity to use our voices and say, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. So come on, why don't we stand? Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to connect with Equippers Church, then please visit equippers.co.uk and say hello. And if you enjoyed today's message, you can subscribe and share it with a friend.